Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. LMFM Sunday Sport. With thanks to the LMFM app. Download for free now and take us with you everywhere you go. LMFM Sunday Sport. With thanks to the LMFM app. Download for free now and take us with you everywhere you go. Welcome back to LMFM Sunday Sport. Nil-nil in the FAI Cup final. The uh, smoke is just about clearing from the pitch now. A lot of smoke bombs thrown onto the uh, grass before that match. Five and a half minutes gone, nil-nil. And Bohemians had a good chance down the right-hand side a few moments ago. Uh, Johnny Afalabi just tried to square it to Danny Grant, but it was cut out by a pass defender. Nil-nil in that one. We're getting a few answers in for our question. A few wrong ones, uh, mind you. The question we had, to be able to chance to win that chasing Sam Maguire book, uh, the column keys and uh, Dermot Riley. Uh, one that's uh, just out in the shops now it's a fantastic uh, bit of work from the lads but the question I had for you before the break was who was the last All-Ireland winning captain who wasn't a dub to lift Sam Maguire the last All-Ireland winning captain who wasn't from Dublin to lift Sam Maguire we've had a few uh, answers in uh, but uh, only one correct one so far so 0861800658 if you want to be in with a chance of winning a copy of that book we've got two to give away I'm delighted to say I'm joined in studio by a man who's uh, very interested in what's going on in the TV screen in front of us here former Drawhead and St. Patrick's athletic manager Tim Clancy Tim you're very welcome to be here thanks for having me thanks for coming in um, I suppose we, we just wanted to get get a, a chat with you and see what's been going on obviously you uh, left St Pat's in May I think it was what's been happening since then or what's been going on with you uh, yeah I left uh, the start of May so um, obviously I took a little bit of a break and then I've been paddling about doing bits and pieces watching games um, I've visited a few clubs as well and to watch training and um, just stuff like that more or less uh, keep myself busy and hoping to get back in again sometime are you, soon are you, are you missing it yeah, I think listen, I, I was. Uh, I think it was the longest I've gone without being involved in football. For um, he's given a penalty there. Oh, it oh, is a penalty. The balls. Um, a long time. Um, in the game, it was twenty over twenty-one, maybe twenty-one years. And the longest I was out was for about two weeks previously. So, um, just the longest spell I've had out. So it's it's, it's been a good time to reflect and. Um, Learn. When you were in um, at Drogheda United, obviously we would have we would have spoken to you after some matches, and then other games you would have been rushing off because you were working as well. So you were you were essentially I suppose part time with Drogheda, and then working. I hate to use that term part time because we know uh, it's not essentially a, a part time gig when you're in there every other day training and whatnot. But when you you were full time with St Pat's, right? So when you when you lose a job, is that a worrying time for you? Because obviously you're not getting a massive payoff or anything like that. The money in the game here isn't the same as it will be in the UK. So, as you said there, it's the first time you've been out of football for 20-odd years. Is that a worrying time, a stressful time? Yeah, listen, you, you, it's quite raw when it first happens and you you look at what went wrong and try to blame everyone else by yourself first. So, um, But you reflect on it and you look how um, things went and what you could have done better yourself and Again, it is it is a case where um, it's your sole income, um, and you have to work. So, listen to my contract. I had had something where I would have uh, I would have um, had protection in my contract that see me for for a good few months there as well. So, um, yeah. But 
I'm ready now to get back in. Johnny Afalabi has slotted that penalty away. He's given uh, Bohemians a, an early lead, eight and a half minutes gone in that one. Declan Devine, who uh, some people would say is under maybe a little bit of pressure there uh, with Bohemians, uh, but they lead by a goal to nil and a uh, great start for them and the fans celebrating that one, uh, as you would expect. So Pats with a little bit of work to do. So, yeah, you were kind of, uh, obviously, as you said, you left the Pats, you left the Pats job. And I suppose from a managerial point of view, Things had gone very well at Drogheda. You went into St. Pat's and things had started off very well there and then just maybe went a little bit awry this season. Was it difficult to, to have that conversation where you were being told, you know, or you were, whatever the, whatever the conversation was, that you weren't going to be continuing on? Was that difficult? Because that's the first kind of bump in the road you've had as a manager. Um, no, not really. Listen, the, the conversation that I had with uh, Gareth was there was an option for me to stay. Um, and I thought it was probably best for, for both parties that I left and I think it was probably just the uh, delay in the inevitable anyway. Um, I could have stayed on for another um, fixed amount of weeks to, to see fixtures through but and possibly see Europe through as well. But um, no, I just thought it was the right time to leave. Um, it's It's been a mad season if you look at it. I think the league table, mm. um, Shamrock Rovers on the last day of the season, I think um, they got to 72 points, which is two points per game. And I think for eight of the last 10 years, second place has had more than two points per game. So there was quite a low um, points tally for a lot of the teams this year. And um, so, yeah, nine days before I left Pats, we were sitting second in the league and everything was rosy. And then you lose Friday, Monday, Friday and mm. you, uh, you, you don't have a job then. And, you know, we, you had a few a few um, bad results before that. I think I remember the, the St. Patrick's Day game that we talked about earlier against Rovers. You came into that one under a little bit of pressure, I think, after a few bad results. And then that was a, was a bit of a shot in the arm. Did you feel you were only ever kind of, even if you'd turned things around for a couple of weeks, that the next time you had a couple of run run, run of bad results, that, that the questions were going to be asked again? Yeah, I think so. I think there's a, a narrative among fans that it, we, it was a disaster under my uh, time there when... And I've said this previously, I said Stevie finished second, had a brilliant season, won the FAI Cup. Uh, second in the league with 62 points. Um, they finished with 62 points this year and the fans are, are very happy because they're in the cup final as well. And mm. last season, in the only full season I had there, we had 61 points. So it's practically identical league season. Um, but it was always seen as we got lucky last year to get Europe with 61 points. And um, yeah, so it was, it was always a case that we won, I think we drew that game against Shamrock Rovers on, on Paddy's Day, 2-all, and then I think we won four in a row. Um, but the next time we had a couple of bad results, um, the rating was on the wall. Did you feel accepted at St. Pat's? I know you came, and I'm not necessarily talking about by the, the administration, but you came in after Stevie O'Donnell had that success, and we all know that the, the cloud that he left under, and that's probably still rumbling on in the background. But did you feel... 100% accepted by, by everybody fans and everybody at St. Pat's or did you feel like there was there were some people who were from the start were, were questioning you which is always going to make things difficult um, I don't know listen again I'm not one that I'm not one for um, running over to fans and mm. celebrating and tweeting people back and trying to get people on my side and I like to try and get results and then um, we had that at Drogheda uh, where we'd a long, I had four years at Drogheda. I think I'm probably the second longest serving manager they've ever had. I think so. It's strange because I feel like it was there so quickly and it went so past so quickly. But um, I think by the end, by the time when we were in the Premier Division and we do, we had a great season, um, when we first got promoted, um, I thought the relationship with the fans was brilliant, um, and I, I never really got to build that at, at Pats. And I think you're probably right there with how Stevie left and he done an unbelievable job. by winning the cup and finishing second. Um, maybe that they were a little bit. Angry, he might have wanted a bigger name, um, possibly a bit of ignorance, thinking that I've only come from Drotted and it's not a bigger club. But um, I think at, at Drotted, the way we had it, we were working 
with smaller resources, but I think we ran the show um, to the best that we could have done and, and, and I wish I had been given the same opportunity I've had. Mm, it, I was just um, looking back at it there this morning. It feels like a long time ago when we were sitting in a, a car in Knightsbrook when we, were, when we were chatting the very first time you, you got to, when, just after you got the job, the job and we were sitting having a chat about your career and what you hope to do it, that was 2017 and it's six years ago it probably feels like longer because so much has happened since then but t- take us back to your time at Drogheda because so much happened during those few years obviously there was Covid there were, there were a couple of um, I think there were maybe was it two uh, promotion relegation playoffs that you came up short in just about the one at Finn Harp I think was the one that sticks in my mind but Eventually, you got across the line um, up in Cabin Teeley, who are gone now, of course, up in Stradbrook. I remember that that one was a 2 0 win, I think. Um, and a late penalty save from David Adamosu, if I remember correctly. But that time at Drogheda, you know, it, does it feel like a long time ago now? It's something you remember pretty fondly, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. Listen, I think um, first off, I was extremely grateful to be given the opportunity because we were still playing at Bray. Um, the season had just finished, and I got a phone call from Dermot McKenna asking would I be interested in it and I said I certainly would I remember sitting in the sitting room and I said it to the wife and she said well that's what you've done your coaching badges for um, I didn't know much about the first division because Trot had just been relegated um, I wasn't sure about the squad didn't know the players but I said I'd take it and um, I went and met uh, Dermot and Fiacre Cairns up in the City North Hotel and uh, listen I was delighted when I got the job and it was sort of something completely brand new and we had a decent enough first season where we got into the playoff final and got beaten by Finn Harps and then the second year we, we progressed again and we got to the relegation promotion playoff game got beaten again by Finn Harps mm-hmm. and then the biggest uh, probably the best moment for me at Trotter was when we got promoted to the to the Premier Division by winning the first division and the worst part of it was that it was during Covid but there was no fans there and it's something that I always say to, to um, my owners who's with me here now that comes to most games with me and all and you do look at the Drogheda um, fans and no matter what the score is, no matter what the, uh, where they are, they, they are brilliant and they never got to share that moment of us getting promoted, which was a bit of a, a downer on that. Yeah, time. And, and again, like the word budget is something that gets used an awful lot in, in, um, in football these days, particularly in the League of Ireland. And, you know, you, you guys had to go through a, a period of every season you were basically rebuilding, you were losing players because I suppose, you know, Drogheda as we said there, couldn't afford to pay players full-time wages. So if they got a move or an offer from, from a Bohemians or, and we're looking at plenty of former Drogheda players on the pitch here today at the Aviva. So was that something that you had to struggle with every off-season where when you had a good season and we talked about it off-air as well, that when you got promoted, you got to he- you held on to the likes of David Adamosu, Jimmy Brown, a few of the other players that stayed and then went in good time. But was that a, a very difficult uh, situation to have to deal with? Because, you know, we, t- we talked about it off-air as well about the signings that came in and you could probably count on, on a couple of fingers the ones that haven't worked out for Drogheda during your time and during Kevin's time since then. So that kind of juggling act of trying to bring in players that you think are going to add something to the group when you've got very little money to spend, it must be very, 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 very testing. Yeah, and I think uh, that's a battle that uh, you always have when you're at a club that has limited resources and again, part-time um, when full-time football and, and more financial gain gets offered, it's, it's very hard to convince a player to stay. Um, but that's probably one of the biggest achievements that we had. I know Chris Lyons on a number of occasions had uh, Pat Sterry and, and multiple other teams interested in him and he turned them down to stay um, with Drogheda. And I know Mark Doyle, Connor Kane, Jimmy Brown and a few others were the exact same. So it's trying to create something that the players um, really enjoy and putting in an environment in them that they can flourish. And I think you've seen that as well, that uh, I know the club hadn't sold a player, I don't think, for 30 years. And then 
Um, we got William Hundemark away and Killian Phillips left as well and Kev's continued that on now with uh, Matty Adebiego and there's a few others that'll mm. more than likely leave as well that uh, Kev's done a brilliant job with as well and um, that was probably the biggest thing as well is that it is something that's spoken about as budgets and whatever but this season if if every manager in the league had a look at Kev's finances and what he's working with and what he's achieved with them finance I think um they'd all have a, a step back and, and applaud the job that he's done. You're welcome back to LMFM Sunday Sport. It's still 1-0 to Bohemians in the FAI Cup final. Johnny Afalabi's early penalty giving them the advantage. 20 minutes gone in that one. And Tim Clancy, former Drawhead and St. Pat's manager, is with us watching closely on this one. James Clark just fired one over the bar, Tim, and we were just chatting about him off air as well. Player that came through at Drawhead and has gone from strength to strength. Player of the season, Bohemians. And you were just complimenting him on, on what's a, what a great character he is as well. He's a brilliant kid, like, and, and that's where um, at Drawhead he had to be a bit creative with who he could sign. And um, as we were talking about the, the resources that Kev's worked with and the resource when I was there as well. Um, we had a brilliant 19 setup with Gar Dodrell and Wayne Gross. And then when Gar left, Wayne took over. And um, they knew the underage leagues unbelievably well. And James was one that they took from Shamrock Rovers, 17s, I think it was, to go into the Drata 19s. And um, they promised him that if he did well, he'd get a chance to the first team. I think James trained him once, mm. came over to the first team, and he never went back then. So um, obviously, listen, he was very young when, when I was there for a couple of years. And he played a lot of games, but mostly probably off the bench. and an unbelievable year last year with Kev and you got to move to, to Bowes mm. but it shows the difference I think Bowes went and paid for a League of Ireland transfer a substantial amount that uh, I couldn't turn down Yeah no he's, he's been outstanding for them and he's as you said there he's um, he's such a great character as well That's that was the next question I was going to ask you because when you're operating with you know you've got so many constraints on you in the League of Ireland even, even at the bigger clubs your budget still isn't anything like it would be over in the UK even in, in the lower divisions but when you're let's say go back to when you're at Drogheda and you're trying to bring somebody in you're looking for ability but you also have to try and bring somebody in who's going to add something to the dressing room and is going to be a good character like a James Clark and that's the one thing that, that's struck me over the last three, four, five years at Drogheda I don't think I've seen any really bad eggs in there oh and there's oh, no. the equaliser one Mark one. Doyle Mark Doyle one of your former charges as well getting his head to that one 1-1 one, one in the cup final but the, the type of guys that are at the club it's very it's very hard to to probably be a hundred percent certain on guys, you can ring around and get get opinions. But I can't remember too many too many bad eggs say coming through the door at Drogheda United. Is that something that you have to be really careful about, or do you just have to sometimes take a chance and go with your gut? Um, no, that's the that's the number one priority you try to sign is people that are going to be um, good people in the dressing room. Um, it's the most important thing. Uh, we had a brilliant dressing room at Drogheda. We never had that issue at all. Um, when I signed Gary Deegan, I know there was a lot of people. He, he just had a season at Shells, and I think yeah. a lot of people at Shelburne were probably critical of uh, Deegs um, but I know Deegs I played with him I know the character that he had and he's the ultimate professional and I told him when uh, the club when he comes into because uh, there's people within Drotted as well that were sort of resistant maybe um, of Gary coming in but when Deegs came in I knew exactly what we had in the building which was a lot of young players like Mark Doyle and Connor Kane and Jimmy Brown a lot of young um, lads with great attitude and they were fit and Deegs would be would be grand around them Yeah and it's it kind of all the more um, hard to figure out why it didn't work out for Shelburne. I mean, they played Shells in the last game of the season and he was getting a few chants from the from the away supporters, which weren't too complimentary. Water off a duck's back to Gary Deegan, I guess. But it was a strange one to figure out because he's been, he's so popular with the, you, you go, you know yourself, you've been there long enough as well. But every week 
when the teams come over to get photographs with the with the kids in the, in the stand Gary Deegan is nearly top of the list every time you can hear the kids calling him over he's so popular with the with the club with the players with the fans kind of hard to figure out how it, how it didn't work out for Michels but their loss has certainly been draw his game gain and 36 years of age I think he played 33 or 34 games this season looks like he could go on for another two or three seasons yeah I think I think the biggest issue for uh, Deegs at Shells was it was a different time with Shells and I think they had players that were um, probably you'd see it a lot in the, in, in the part time um, League of Ireland that they drop out full time they put on a bit of weight they're mm-hmm. probably drive isn't as much and they're, and they're probably doing it for, to collect a few quid and they probably aren't as uh, professional as Gary and looking after himself and the work he does away from the from the pitch is more important than actually what you do in the pitch. And I think when he was getting frustrated because he's doing all the work and doing everything right and the ultimate professional, then all of a sudden it's uh, he, he's he's not getting that sort of replicated by the other teammates and he's getting frustrated with them. And I think that's probably where that came from. But that's the big reason that I knew when when he came into Toronto, we had brilliant young lads who were very very professional and they just needed that leadership and guidance from someone uh, like Deegs. And, and he's been exceptional for the last what four seasons now. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Trotta. Yeah, he's been incredible for them. Seasons. Yeah, and and hardly ever get well, never injured. And for a guy of his age, it's it's really incredible. And it's a testament to the the condition he keeps himself in. Just wanted to talk a little bit about what's up next for you because I was looking at a few of your uh, your LinkedIn posts with interest during the week. One of the things you mentioned that you've got a little project coming up soon where you're going to try and I guess work with players. And and uh, one of the things you mentioned was the obstacles that tripped you up in your career and maybe give on pass on your advice to people. What when you think about the stuff that that you could do differently uh, if you had your time again, what things what things come to mind? Uh listen, when you're you're going back, it was a completely different era than it is now. There was no social media. Um, I think I've said it previously uh, publicly. I think I said the, the one of the main benefits of social media. I think there's a lot of downfalls of it, but one of the main benefits for professional um, sports people is the. The vanity aspect, every kid wants to look good and holiday with their tops off and mm. post them pictures. So you'll see that they are um, in the gym and they're working out quite a lot. Um, and that's probably one thing from when I was a young professional. When I went to Millwall as an 18-year-old, there was, I think there's probably 12 Irish lads at the club. And I think we could have done a hell of a lot more stuff away from the away from the training ground that would have um, got us closer to our, to our goals rather than taking us further away. And you were over in uh, in Dortmund as well. I saw in the well, whatever it's called now, it's been rebranded. It was the Westfalen Stadion when I was growing up, but it's uh, I think it's been uh, sponsored at this stage. But the Dortmund Bayern Munich game wasn't it? Um, Thomas Tuchel had a few things to say after that game in in the local uh, in the local TV stations. But what I saw, again, I saw you kind of posting about the environment over there, and if you had kind of come up in a, in a different country or in a different setup, what what was it that that came to mind when you went over there to to visit the visit Dortmund? No, it was just like there was a lot of stuff. Uh, you're going into the academies like, again. There's not, there's no magic formula that like these are doing something that uh, coaches in this country aren't. And um, but you can see that everything, everything from and it is a case now. Maybe not so um, when I was growing up, but every every session now you'll see with a lot of clubs is um, every kid is a football. Every one of them had a football. It was just all base first, maybe twenty, twenty five minutes, and just the technical aspect of it. Um, and they didn't do any games really. 
I think what they say is uh, they want to keep it as low as 1v1, 2v2s, 3v3s, mm-hmm. probably max. Um, and obviously improve in that area and then expand it as they get older. Um, and yeah, listen, I went to that game. And again, it's interesting. You're looking at Bayern Munich, who are arguably one of the biggest teams in Europe and their manager's getting criticised for um, the way they're playing and whatever else. And they're sitting top of the league and gone through in Europe and everything else. So it's, it's just, it's, it happens at every level of the game, the criticism and... Again, a sort of noise that you have to block out. Yeah, people might have seen that clip on uh, on social media. It was Lothar Mateus who was uh, getting it in the air from uh, Thomas Tuchel. Lothar Mateus, who I don't think is uh, massively popular in Germany at the best of times anyway, if uh, going back through the years, anything to go by. Still 1-1 in the FAI Cup final, 27 minutes gone. And uh, it's a corner for Bohemians. We're going to take a quick commercial break. We'll be back with more from Tim after that. You're welcome back to LMFM Sunday Sport. Half an hour gone in the FAI Cup final. James Clark has just dragged one past the post. Uh, it's still 1-1 between Bohemians and St. Pat's Johnny Afflabi with a penalty early on and then Mark Doyle, former Drada player of course heading the equaliser I'm joined still by former Drada and St. Pat's manager Tim Clancy so Tim what is next for you then we were talking before the break there about your your uh, post on LinkedIn in terms of what you were looking to do next and have, you, have you got a concrete plan in place presumably going back into management is on the is on the agenda still as well but there's something else cooking that you want to tell us about uh, yeah well listen, I'm looking at uh, I've been talking to a couple of people that I've played with and know from uh, the UK as well and it's, it's something that we've been looking at in regards to young players going over to um, UK or even English lads that are over there that just a support system for them and uh, the guidance and help that's independent from clubs and agents that obviously having a like I'm not saying there's a negative agenda but they'll have an agenda for other players and it's probably more so for families as well that have uh, sort of advice that they can lean on that uh, might benefit the, the, the player himself in, in, in the industry. That's something that you think is, is lacking, obviously, in the in the industry at the minute. I, I listen, again, there's a lot of support systems that are in place, but I think it certainly is one that I possibly would have benefited from a, a hell of a lot when I was a, a young player as well. And there's certain things you don't want to go and speak to the club about. And there's other things as well that maybe um, agents might be advising for something else. Um, so it's just... It's just a, a different support system that I think can help but obviously I want to get back into management as well as, as soon as possible. The other thing we were talking about before um, just amongst ourselves was the fact that there are only 10 Premier Division teams in, in the League of Ireland and then another 10 in the First Division but there aren't that many jobs going around and even if one or two were to come up they might not necessarily be attractive given the location or whatever it might be like let's say if the Cove Ramblers job came up if Shane Keegan says and we're not suggesting it is coming up I know your room with Shane yesterday but for example Cove it'd probably be a hard push to, to, to drive down to Cove a couple of times a week but it's a, such a small window so if you if you lose a job or if you leave a job it's very very hard to get in to get back in so it's it kind of you have to be patient but I guess you have to weigh up the 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 prop the, the opportunity that you actually want versus the you know the need to get back into the game yeah and that's it and listen I got the Pats job in a, in a very strange situation that uh, very rarely happens in regards to they were coming off the back of a brilliant season and you end up going in it's normally the case when um, a manager might be struggling or things aren't going too well and another manager comes in and then that gives them the opportunity to turn things around and get a bounce and there's a lot more positivity about the place um, again I think it's 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 weighing up the um, expectations of clubs uh, the ambitions of clubs as well it's it's something I've spoken about is I think a lot of clubs have expectations um, far above where uh, they should be mm. um, ambitions yes have them higher but your expectations should never be the same as your ambitions and um, I think we spoke about that just off, the, off air there I know Drogheda have uh, investment coming in but even if Kev got his budget doubled which I don't know if it is or not but even if he did which would be huge. Um, they're still going to be the lowest budget in the league next year and they'll still be only uh, only part-time team as well. So 
Um, obviously, it'll help Kev next year, but expectations need to be need to be realistic. Yeah, and it's going to be a lot more difficult next season, as we said last week with Flano and Paul Crowley. You've got Galway coming up. You've got Cork going in, Waterford coming up. UCD are gone, who, of course, were the whipping boys this season. So it's going to be extremely competitive next year, that's for sure. And just again, to go back to your your time at Pats, when when you lose a job in any circumstance like that, is it does it does does your confidence take a bit of a knock? Do you find yourself kind of thinking about what you could have done differently or are you doing things the right way? I guess that'd probably be inevitable, but is it something that you kind of have to be careful that you don't let it get in on top of you too much? Because we could all sit around and go, maybe I should have done this differently. Maybe I need to change my approach. How does that impact you after you, you lose a job? I think when you first... Um like listen it didn't come out of the blue like mm. you, you can see that it's going to happen when you get a few bad results we'd lost three in a row earlier in the year and then we ended up drawing with Shamrock Rovers away and winning four games in a row so you knew then straight away if it had happened again um, it was probably on the cards and you can you can sense it you can feel it around the place as well um, yeah initially you'll, you'll sort of look uh, elsewhere problems but in in, in, uh, in the end of things you, you look at yourself and you say what could I have done better because you can't control what anyone else does or, or the actions of someone else. So, um, yeah, there's certain things that I would definitely have uh, worked on, uh, done better, and my next job I'll take them into and obviously add them to the stuff that's gone really well at Trotter mostly, but also uh, at my time at Pats as well. There was certain things we did at Pats that might surprise people, but I think uh, first time in like 17 or 18 years we actually went away from home and beat the league champions, or sorry, the league leaders, Um which was, a, which was a mad stat when I actually seen it. We good a uh, couple of results in, in Europe, went through a round and had a massive result over in CSKA Sophie and we couldn't uh, get the job done the second leg. So, mm. And obviously you had other things like qualified for Europe. So it wasn't it wasn't a complete disaster there either. And if I could ask you, and maybe you don't want to share this, but is there, was there one thing, if you could, you could let us know or give us a little window into, if there's one thing that you would say you'd be doing differently the next time or something that you've, you've thought about that you would change slightly next time around? Is there anything that comes to mind? Um, I just think how, uh, how I probably was with the chairman. I should have, I sh- I'll take that from myself and certainly not from Gareth's point of view, but I should have uh, built a better relationship and made, made sure that that relationship was, was a lot better than it was and, Listen, I spoke to Garrett yesterday and wished him well in the cup final today. So it's not like that. It's something that uh, I don't talk to the man or anything like that. It wasn't the case. And mm. it's just something from my own point of view that I should have really uh, worked on and, and, and done a lot more than uh, I did to build that relationship. And um, that's definitely something I'd be, I'd be looking at when it comes to the next job again. Just in terms of the league itself, we're looking at a, a sold out of Eva Stadium here uh, for the FAI Cup final. Drogheda were sold out pretty much every week at home this season. The numbers are up. Um, there's a huge groundswell of, of interest and support in the league now I was saying it to the lads last week I'm, I'm a relative newcomer to League of Ireland since I started covering it for the station probably five, six, seven years but you know I can see that, that you know why, why it sucks people in and why people love it it's, it's, I'm really enjoying being involved in it and, and covering it so in terms of the league itself we saw the drama this week with Damien Duff and Shelburne there never seems to be a lack of stories floating around good, bad or indifferent around the league but the interest that's there and as I said the, the cup final crowd here it just seems to be really on an upward swing at the minute and it's really important that that gets capitalised on Yeah and I think I think uh, Bohemians are a prime example the last lot of years <coughs> sorry um, it's impossible to get a ticket at, at Daly Mount Park mm-hmm. um, Pat's sold out majority of the games the last couple of seasons as well Um as you said, Drogheda, unbelievable. All over the country, the, the attendances are up and it is something we need to capitalise on. And if you look at it now, I think there's maybe five, six, seven, even eight League of Ireland teams with plans for new stadiums, but we need to get past the planning stage and actually start building. And 
I know Bowes are very close with know Drada. Uh, there's talks of it and hopefully the new group that come in um, can help accelerate that and we need facilities now that are, are, are matching the appetites for the game at the minute. And just finally then for yourself, you said obviously you want to get back into to management. Do you have um, a kind of a, a checklist of what, you look, what you're looking for in your next job or is it just kind of let's see what comes along and consider it then? No, not at all. I don't, I don't have anything. I don't want to say I only want a full-time team. I only want the team competing at the top of the league. I, I just think if uh, any job comes up and um, I get an opportunity to speak to someone, I look for their plans and um, obviously look for transparency in regards to what the club's ambitions are and make sure that's public as well. And um, I think that's probably an issue that Stevie's having up with Dundalk at the minute. Um, I think the expectations of the fans is the challenge and uh, compete and they have a fresh memory of dominating Irish mm. football so that's probably something that they expected and they, they grew to expect with uh, Stephen Kenny's era there and Stevie as a player and I think Stevie's punching probably above his weight as well this season and very close to maybe 60 minutes at one stage uh, on Friday night he was, he was in Europe again well or a chance of fourth place for Europe so yeah. um, once a club is open and, and, and if it's a project where they want to develop young players or if it's a one that you want to put a budget in and try and win things either one would excite me just as much just very finally then on that point because you just brought it up and it brought it to mind is it very difficult and I'm not not suggesting this is a situation at Dundalk but in, in general terms as uh, Bohemians have a chance as well defended there in general terms at clubs if you go in as a manager and the club are telling you look you're not going to have a, lo- a huge amount of money to spend but we don't want you going out and talking about this and letting the fans know that they shouldn't expect too much this season because then you're kind of caught in the middle where you can't really come out and say anything publicly but I suppose everyone can see with their own eyes what's going on but it puts managers in a very difficult position and I'm sure that that does happen and then and then they're the ones that have to answer the questions but they can't actually come out and say listen lads be realistic here we don't have a whole lot of money to spend Yeah I think like listen at, at Pats it was uh, it was really um, an issue where you look at it they win the cup they finish second so obviously then you want to go right kick on and um, let's try and get closer to Shamrock Rovers but I think realistically if you look at Rovers squad and um, you look at the budget they have Pats is at the very best half if not a third of what Shamrock Rovers budget is so in this league and in most leagues um, that normally normally results in uh, winning success like it's it's the rare occasion which is why it made Leicester City winning the Premier League in England 2015, 16 or wherever it was yeah. an extraordinary achievement because just nobody thought it was possible. Um, but if you look at every league table and every league, um, mostly around Europe, it'll be final positions and more or less be where the monetary uh, input is as well. So, um, yeah, but again, it's it's not something that um, you can worry too much about as a manager because you don't get that long to think about it. That's true enough. Listen, Tim Clancy, thanks so much for popping in. We hope to see you back on a, on a sideline again very, very soon in the League of Ireland. And your daughter will be back in here tomorrow on her TY course, so <laughs> there'll be a Clancy in the building for the week anyway. Thanks so much That's for popping it. in. No problem. Thanks a million. LMFM Sunday Sport. With thanks to the LMFM app. Download for free now and take us with you everywhere you go. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavourless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm. 